0: Samrov, and you're listening to Who You Know, but you already knew that, right? Today, I bring you a conversation with the writer Tobias Carroll. Uh, Carroll runs uh, the long-running uh, literary uh, magazine Volume One Brooklyn, uh, and has published four books to this point. Uh, we mostly talk about his new novel uh, out from um, Astrophil Press called X-Members, which concerns uh, the X-Members of a local uh, legendary New Jersey uh, punk band in the fallout of the end of that band. Um, we we'll also talk about uh, Toby's long uh, involvement with writing and the music scene. And a lot about uh, New Jersey, which he's a proud uh, native of. Hope you enjoy this talk as much as I did. That sounds like a recording. Hey, (laughs) awesome. Look at that. This this might actually work this time. (laughs) Round three. Amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I don't know about you. I've I've always battled with the technology anyways, but... uh, it's never, no step uh, in, the, in the old internet age has ever come uh, easily to me. <laughs> like there's always, uh, there's always a lot of banging my head against the wall. Like, you know, I've been maintaining my own website for, let's see, 18 years now. Yeah. But my ex-wife started it and she was a coder, you know, she was a database programmer. And yeah. I, she had introduced me to computers a half year before, and then she left. And all I had was my website and I just kept wrecking it and wrecking it until I figured it out, you know, like a system. Oh man. Yeah. And only I can run that website and it'll never change and it'll never be optimized for mobile or anything, you know, (laughs) because it can't, it just fucking can't be. It's simple. It's simple HTML. That's all I know how to do. Yeah. And I will never, I don't, like, I'm not a tech guy and I don't have that curiosity or I'm not a tinkerer, you know? Yeah. There are people that are tinkerers, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, it, I've sort of dragged my ass kicking and screaming into this, into the digital age and it, it's not, there's not one smooth transition ever. I don't know. Yeah. So I appreciate you uh, having patience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, here, uh, I'm gonna attempt, attempt to be a semi-professional and introduce my guest, uh, <laughs> T- Tobias Carroll. Uh, do, do you go by Tobias to people? Like, I always knew you as Toby, but like, yeah. you're always professionally Tobias. Uh, like yeah, how- I mean,
1: I I like the slightly fancier, uh, longer version of my name when I write. <laughs> uh, but although it's also it's also weird because at this point, you know. A decade plus into having stuff published it's also like there are just people I know who I am I am Tobias right yeah. and and that's cool, but it's still a little bit like there's still a little bit of uh, how best to put this like Tobias Carroll was for for the longest time primarily. What my mother would call
0: me when she was angry with me. Sure, yeah, yeah. When, when, yeah. When your parents use your full name, that means you're fucked. Yeah, uh, of course. No, I, I've actually I've mentioned you to people here, and I say Toby, and they don't know who you who the, who I'm talking about because I know you as Toby because I met yeah. you in person, yeah. you know, eight years ago, and you were introduced as Toby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny thing, but yeah. We're, so either Toby or Tobias Carroll, depending on uh, if you're in the in crowd or the out crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because uh, we're talking because uh, he has a new novel coming out from Astrophil Press in June called X-Members. So yeah, uh, tell me how this thing got started, how long ago, what was the, uh, what was the kickoff point?
1: So, I had always wanted to write about uh, local punk and hardcore scenes uh, mm-hmm. in fiction. And there had been a little bit of that here and there in some of my short fiction. And there was, uh, I have two, two books that are likely to never see the light of day that, that were written okay. before uh, either my, my first novel and first collection came out. Your first one collection of them, was
0: uh, transitory in 2016, tra- yep. something like yep. that?
1: And, okay. Yeah, and real was a couple of months later the same year. Oh, right,
0: wow. it, right. You had one of those weird things where you published two books at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so there was, um, i trying to think of how I best to phrase this. The, there was a, there was a short, there was a novella in what was basically the first full-length book I ever finished that was also definitely drawn my experiences of kind of, you know, growing up in, in a punk scene and, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of going to, going to shows in weird venues and, and, and all that. And, uh, so, so that had always kind of been in the back of my, in the back of my head and, and wanting to write about something like that, but also wanting to write about people in the context of like, being a part of this scene, but not necessarily um, everything. But like, not just that as as their lives, but kind of how that how that would affect their lives uh, going forward. And uh, you know, when you know a number of bands have have broken up, and, and you know there isn't you know in the the spaces that, that hosted them no longer exist, and everything else. So that had, that had always been in the back of my brain. And when I finished writing, when I finished writing, real, um, I also knew that I wanted to write something that was a little bit different as far as how it dealt with time. Uh, real is, by and large, you know, set over the course of a couple of months in the lives of its main characters. Yeah, and it's, a,
0: it's very concentrated on two people, right? I yeah, mean, yeah.
1: And like, there, there are a couple of moments where they're both reflecting mm-hmm. on their lives, but really, it's like, you know it begins the the bulk of it is really like you know over over the course of like less less than a year in terms of in terms of their lives yeah and uh, and I knew and I was happy with that and I you know enjoyed doing that but I also was reminded like there are some short stories in in transitory where I was looking you know there's uh, where I was dealing with You know what happens you know following a character over a period of of years rather than a period of months and i really like that and i really liked that. there's something i like about doing that too where you know you can leave a character you know a character is 18 and then the next time you pick them up they're they're 24 and you kind of have to you know Mm. imply okay what well what's happened to them in the last couple of years without necessarily just Following them through each of those each of those things, so so I wanted to do something that dealt with that that aspect of storytelling, and there was also something there were. I mean, I grew up in suburban New Jersey, Mm -hmm. and I one of the things that I find a little fascinating about the suburbs is the way that like the suburbs could kind of be this sort of massive leveler in some ways of like people of disparate backgrounds and you know and everything else just sort of all finding themselves in the uh in the same in the same region and and everything else and that was also something that was in the back of in the back of my brain as i as i wrote this like wanting to sort of give that sense of a a weird a weird and somewhat flawed community uh and then there were a few aspects of it that also just came to light uh as I was thinking about different parts of the area, the part of New Jersey that is close to where I grew up, uh, which manifested itself in, in a couple of very specific buildings uh, that, that I kind of transposed from real towns in New Jersey to the fictional town that is, uh, that is at the center of, uh, of X-Members.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I would say aside from, you know, the main focus of this book or what it kind of revolves around is this kind of like local legend, mythical punk band that lasted a few years. And uh, all the characters are either, as the title says, ex-members or kind of other satellite uh, kind of uh, people in the scene, best friends. Uh, yeah, ex- Uh they're are all sort of tangential characters, uh, and but the the other main theme is, is uh, sort of like this kind of like civic planning and these projects that aren't quite finished, uh, especially the tower in the middle of the, the yeah town of, the town of New Duchess where uh, the characters kind of uh, grow up um, yeah and, and, and
1: uh, yeah.
0: And then you, yeah um, you, you have uh, as you were saying like these gaps in time uh you have it kind of yo-yos back between uh the 80s the 90s sometimes uh, the 70s for a bit and up to fairly recent history right yeah I mean, yeah
1: it's it's interesting i mean the uh the building i i grew up near near asbury park new jersey
0: mm-hmm.
1: and while asbury park i think i i, I feel Pretty comfortable saying it's it's somewhat thriving now. There was a not that long ago a a New York Times article, real estate article that was talking about how you know people you know. I this is this is going to sound terrible, but whatever. Fin, finance bros from you know are from New York are like being like, oh, maybe I should spend a million dollars on a condo with a with a nice view of the ocean here.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but when I was when I was growing up there, Asbury Park, and when it, you know, it's like when my mom uh, was was young, you know, Asbury Park was like the big, you know, people from across New Jersey would go down and go, uh, and would go to to vacation there. And then it's sort of the the town had sort of fallen on hard times when when I was there. I mean, this, you know, there were a few venues. Like when I was when I was in high school, I, I went to a couple of shows at the Stone Pony. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and, which,
0: uh, yeah, Bruce Springsteen made famous, and yeah, Southside Johnny and the Jukes, right? Yeah, <laughs> all, all that, all those kinds of bands. <laughs> and I,
1: I, went to go see, uh, I went to go see <laughs> Dense Atomic Dustbin with Orange Nine Millimeter opening my, my senior year of high school, mm. uh, and, uh, <laughs> and that was that was that was that was a fun so time.
0: To educate us uh, non-tri-state or non-East <laughs> Coast residents is is um. Asbury Park part of the same area as like, you know, the Jersey Shore, like like from the Yeah, very much the, so. From the reality show, like is that is it kind of the same ballpark or I know it's older, like as Asbury yeah. Park is a kind of like a resort, kind of like a Coney Island type environment. Yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> well, it's not quite as not Coney quite, Island. Like there's okay. like I think if you go a little further south, you get a little bit more like I mean there there is a boardwalk area at uh-huh. in 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 asbury and then there are even sort of more pronounced like boardwalks if you go a little bit further south um but you also get to like you know there's the the town of belmar uh which is there is there is a bar there called bar anticipation or bar a Mm -hmm. um and like when you go well this this may have changed um (coughs) many many years ago uh my
0: I'm, of, really, I'm really wigged out by the, the bar anticipation. That's just creepy. I don't know. Well, oh, oh, so,
1: so this is this is gonna get this is gonna get much weirder. Uh, so, so there was, so, so a group of group of people. This was, this would have been like in the mid to late aughts. Uh-huh. A group of people who I'd gone to high school with decided we were going to sort of have like an informal reunion, which was like twelve of us got together mm-hmm. and you know, it was, it was, it was nice. Uh, we, we went to, but at some point someone decided this was going to be at bar, at bar anticipation, Uh but we were going to meet up there during the day, uh, where, you know, we could just like sit outdoors, you know, and we were sort of told by the bar, like, all right, yeah, you can, you can be here during the day, but at like six or seven o'clock, like we need, you know, this, you know, there, there, there are no reservation, you know, you, you gotta kind of, find somewhere else to go mm. because you know the 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 dance crowd is gonna is gonna be there and so so you know we, we actually had, we had a, you know got to catch up with some old friends and that was really nice and then at <laughs> like at some point a few of us ended up sticking around because one of my friends had told his then girlfriend to meet us uh, to meet us there. And she was driving down from somewhere in North Jersey. And so we, we basically couldn't leave. Um, and so, and we sort of watched this, you know, perfectly idyllic, like outdoor, you know, bar just take, become much more Bacchanalian, uh, in terms of like, or like, you know, because we have just been sitting there talking, and we're like, "Oh, this is this fun of catching up with this guy. I haven't seen in a couple of years. This is great." Yeah. And and all of a sudden, we're like, "You know, you look over, and there is just this like sprawling line of people, uh, you know, waiting to use like a, a porta john." And like, right, yeah. there's like a little a little monitor that has like a very you know fuzzy gray black and white image of like there's a big tent where people are dancing, and there's like two women dancing on the stage and then, like, two just l- men who resemble mountains just yeah. both standing there, like, sort of daring anyone to try something. And, like, yeah. and it's just like, what what the fuck happened here? This is yeah. insane. And, like, we, have, we eventually went to another bar, but also in Belmar, even though we could have there, there are perfectly pleasant bars that would have been a 20 minute drive. We ended up going to another bar where like, I think the thing that I remember most clearly is, you know, there was dance music playing and then the DJ played the violent Femmes. added up and like people began singing along to, to that. And then followed that with with Sweet Caroline, and everyone started singing along to that. Mm-hmm. It's like this is so weird, I but not in a good way. This is just just really surreal. Well, yeah, um, the, the,
0: the the blessing and curse of music is that can it can be adopted and loved by anyone for any wrong reason, like you know, down to you know, like Reagan using Born in the USA as a campaign theme song, you know, yeah, <laughs> and totally Definitely. misunderstanding whatever. Springsteen thought that song was about, but
1: yeah, Yeah. but yeah, you can't
0: you can't miss the strident anthemic quality of it, so it's sort of understandable why it was misused that way. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So 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 basically, so so As I mean, so Asbury Park, you know, was a little bit more of a resort town and always had this like pretty solid live music uh, thing, Mm -hmm. and also has Convention Hall, which is which is actually. Is, this is actually the thing that, like, I'd spent a lot of, I'd spent a good chunk of the pandemic uh, at my folks' place in in, in, in Central Jersey. Oh. <clears throat> so I've been following this a little bit more, but Convention Hall is, like, in a weirdly, in a weird state of limbo where it's, it's a historic building mm-hmm. that was used for, you know, various events. Like, when I was a, when I was a, when I was much younger, I used to go to baseball card shows there. Mm. Um, and it would have, you know, just things like, then, what, you know, it was, a, it was a big event space.
0: What vintage is the building itself? Uh, when is it? When was I place? think
1: it's early, early 20th century. Okay. Um, but it was also home to, uh, you know, th- there would also be a fair amount of, uh, a fair amount, like it. it's, it was also a somewhat large music venue, like a friend of mine...
0: Okay, so it started as some kind of theater, probably.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was just, it's just like a big open space, basically. Uh Oh, I see. So you can kind of do, you know, more of, I I guess, like, kind of almost like a ballroom space, where it's like, you can put a bunch of tables there and do that, or you can have, like, like a couple of years ago, or, well, more than that, I think this was, like, early aughts or late 90s, a friend of mine went, because, like, to, to go back to Bruce Springsteen before Springsteen kicked off one of his like bigger tours, mm-hmm. he did, I think two shows at convention hall as kind of his like warm up, you know, yeah. getting the band and like, you know, which I'm still kicking myself for not having gone to because it's like, I, I like Bruce Springsteen and I would love to see him in a space. That's like a couple of thousand people as opposed to like an arena.
0: I mean, can, um, you, can you even, are you allowed to call yourself a New Jersey native if you if you say <laughs> a, a crossword cross against the man or is that allowed? Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, in a couple, and in the, I think it was 2011, the All Tomorrow's Parties Festival did one year in Asbury Park. And mm. so they had like the, there's also the Paramount Theater, which is part of the same complex. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the quieter bands would play that. Like, I saw, like, Jeff Mangum did a set in, mm-hmm. like, an acoustic yeah. set there. But then, and that was more seated. Yeah. But then the bigger space was, like, where, you know, like, uh, Portishead was, was was the headliner. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, Portishead, uh, and I think, and I believe Public Enemy, were, were all, were more in the... Uh, in the in the larger in the larger space, um, but the the building is now dealing with with weird code issues where like there are parts of it that I think it, there are massive sure. renovations that need to happen for it to sure. you know, and it seems a little bit ambiguous as to whether or not it's going to get those and like yeah. I I would be super bummed like because that is a that is a big that is like a it's it's a really neat space but it's also something that like sort of. I I would hate to see it, you know, demolished and, you know, whatever else and just sort of cease to exist. And, you know, I also think, I mean, although on the other hand, on the brutally pragmatic side, it's also very close to the water. And I I would imagine that, like, especially with climate change and everything else, like, it's going to be harder and harder to sort of, yeah, I mean, you don't you know, maintain that.
0: No, none, none of us can fight the water. You know, we come from the water, but the water will always also take us back and you know throw, yeah. throw us away. <laughs> it's where we start and where we'll end. <laughs> all of it's, us, the human human race. You know, <laughs>
1: it's been it's been super weird in in New York. I don't know if you followed this at all, but like I used to, I was involved with a with a nonprofit that did a concert series at the East River Amphitheater in on the Lower East Side, mm-hmm. and that has recently that that space was was just demolished because the city is in the midst of basically raising the park to the ground and elevating it like six feet so that mm. and then rebuilding some you know alternate version of the same park. yeah, uh, and it's been super I mean, it's been it has very much been a bummer to see that, but it's like I also. I understand why it's being done but there's also been a very there's also been like a a pretty pronounced uh like local effort that that's been pushing back against it like a yeah. I believe that the uh Eileen Miles has written a lot of stuff sort oh, of really. opposing what the city has been doing which was which was also a weird like uh worlds colliding we're yeah there
0: there's uh there's a lot of that in in Chicago where there are like beloved venues beloved this that the other that are you know slowly disappearing because times are changing and the the neighborhoods change and the uh the people that live in certain neighborhoods have different demands they want you know they yeah. want they want their yuppie suburban style living and no matter how how many like aging punk rockers or hippies like have attachments to crummy little bars and venues uh uh those things uh they have a they have a lifespan. you know what i mean yeah sadly uh i sort of i, I bum a lot of people out when i when i get on this topic but uh I'm, I'm attached to a bunch of places here that i know will not be around in 10 or 20 years you know even, yeah. maybe even sooner and i always just tell people we should savor them while they last but um, I don't know. Uh.
1: Well, it was it was it was really interesting to me when I mean I feel like when when CBGB's closed, mm. there was this huge outpouring of like you know support. Yeah, and you know, and people being you know, and and bands playing shows there. But for all and like I am, I saw some fantastic shows there. Yeah. Like I you know would not trade that that experience for the world but there were also like i could also remember seeing like cbgbs would also have these like incredibly unwieldy eight band bills where like i remember going to see the band discordance Axis play there mm-hmm. and you know and there were a couple of bands i really liked playing early and then there were like four or five bands that i was just like i do not i am not enjoying this at all yeah but i'm going to i'm going to sit through this to wait for the band that i want to you know and like by the time discord and zax is played i I was like half asleep sitting on a chair in like the back of the venue just like sitting there like literally trying not to fall asleep but just being like this is amazing i have no more energy in my body like yeah, the,
0: uh, there are places, and actually like these like old school venues, uh, I was really hoping with the reopening after a pandemic, they would push up uh, music time, like concert times. Because it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the, you got these multi-band bills that start at like 10 or something. Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Uh, <laughs> like, I think, I think that like these shows should start at 7 and then just keep the bar open afterwards. Yeah, I'm happy to drink, but like I don't go to shows to drink, you know, yeah. I, go to, I go to shows to listen to music and, you know, more times than not, obviously the band I'm going to see is playing last. And, yeah, uh, that sucks to, you know, uh, I don't want uh, being the old guy at the show or whatever, but I'm I don't want to stand for three fucking hours to, to see 45 minutes, you know, like, yeah, it's shitty. Uh, and and I think there's a better way to do it. Uh, yeah, and, but yeah, places like CBGBs—they're of a time, uh, and they're not of this time. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse, uh, and that's where you get into sort of nostalgia and looking back, which is definitely a major theme in your book. Uh, yeah, these people I mean, that I, yeah, whose whole kind of like personality or their, the high point or their lives revolves around when they were young, and uh, kind of seeing this band, thinking about the band, like feeling like they own the band, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's, it's funny, it's funny too, because I think there's a, there's sort of a complexity of some of it, like I I have very conflicted feelings about, about band reunions. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: I I have pretty simple ones, but.
1: (laughs) You know, it's. (laughs) But I also think, you know, I have a, you know, I have a a friend of mine who played, who played in a band, you know, recently, Well, actually not even recently, like, you know, we were talking about it once and he was just like, well, he's like, I also just, he's like, you know, he and he, the band that he had been in, in in his early twenties, like he and his bandmates had started just getting together and, and playing together, like without necessarily, initially without the, without the, um, interest of of playing a show but just like getting together and he's just like he's like honestly he's like I just like it's just really it's fun to play music with those guys again like we're all we're all having a good time and he's like he's like you know and I think you know that is also something where like you know that is you know if it's if it's making you if it's making you feel good like you know what's you know and it's like and I was kind of like okay, that's that's that seems that seems fair I mean, I've also feel like I've seen some cases of of band reunions where, like, you know, I really enjoyed the music of the Pixies when they were around the first time. But the like,
0: Pix- Pixies are the Acme example of how not to do this. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I, but I also feel like you know, like a band like Bishop of Burma is yeah. that like recorded as many records after they they reunited as as they did before. Yeah, I th- like yeah. is kind of. The other,
0: yeah, I agree. The other I mean, side of that. Yeah, to me definitely and yeah, I'm not I'm very, very biased because I'm like <laughs> Mission of Burm is a formative, very, very important band to me and like like I kinda know those guys and Yeah. Uh, but what they're sort of the exception that proves the rule because yeah. they really I mean, they were together for the first time only a few years and they felt they had to stop because Roger Miller got tinnitus really bad and he couldn't perform. You know, yeah like and so they had unfinished business and some of the music they recorded afterwards I yeah I, I won't say it's as good as the early stuff but it's it they didn't embarrass themselves you know yeah uh,
1: but I, I also one of the one of one of in retrospect probably the last shows I saw before the pandemic was the I I really enjoyed the fact that when the surviving members of this heat got back together they were touring as this is not this heat um, I, have a,
0: I, I saw that. I saw that tour that was that was an amazing show but that was like, i mean they obviously really really rehearsed and it was like almost like a chamber music performance yeah you know that it was a like a museum quality distillation of like everything they had done you know yeah
1: and it also it seemed like i mean when i was looking at the other musicians who they were bringing i was like okay you're also bringing in really really like you're bringing in like interesting people and i think some of it was also that like hey we're we're not beholden to this is going to be how they sounded on the record we have to play it exactly like this we're gonna and we are we are not the the same we are literally not this heat yeah and it's i think it gave them yeah it gave them that freedom where i was just like this is really cool and there were times where i was like i don't know if i know what song they're playing right now but yeah. this is still this is still really really interesting and like i am i am you know feel. Feel like I made a very good decision in in going in going oh, absolutely.
0: to see this. Yeah, I didn't regret that one at all. And in Chicago, at least the audience was like everybody in that audience, probably except me, was in a band. Like <laughs> it was like it was like the equivalent of like you know if we could go see the Velvet Underground or something. You know like yeah uh, like every like cool band you could think of like there was members in that audience kind of like slack jawed. You know like at that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, you know when they. Acknowledge up front, you know within the title that this is not this heat. That's how you do that Yeah, you don't uh, you know put on skinny jeans when you're 60 like the ones you wear when you're 20 and try to jump around uh, That's embarrassing and sad, you know, yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen my share of those uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, part of that is a function of the internet where time stands still and everything exists on the same plane and uh, I understand yeah. that y- younger people want to experience like the Pixies also to bring back all the younger people that I know that went to see the Pixies this time around and, you know, the Pixies reunion they played to, met, you know, thousands of people like the way they didn't get to the first time and, Yeah. Uh, I understand that desire but I also... Do not believe in actual time travel and yeah and you know nothing that the pixies put out like in their new iteration that i've heard is is worth listening to a second time i don't know yeah uh and the unfortunate thing is it keeps the members of that band from making new music yeah uh yeah as a going commercial concern you know (laughs) yeah yeah but I can't like on the other hand like it's shitty to talk this way because it's shitty to get like to, to judge uh indie musicians who struggle from like wanting to to make a fucking living
1: yeah well I mean I remember <laughs> I remember when when Jawbreaker first started doing reunion shows uh Blake Schwarzenbach was 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 pretty clear where he was just like well this is like I can I can do a lot better you know if if I get back together with 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 my bandmates and we go on the road than like you know working as a dog walker in New York yes. and it's like you know yeah I that that honestly sounds that's a that's a pretty good reason to you know
0: yeah
1: you know to to do that like I'm not I'm not gonna fault you for you know and I think I think also especially like the the older I get the more I'm just like the the more the the more Fucked the sort of economic system for nearly everyone, you know, especially, especially creative people seems like it's like the more I'm just like, yeah, no, go, go, go do the thing. No, like, yeah.
0: I mean, that's why it's so complicated. Like, yeah, I have uh, mostly negative feelings about reunion bands. Uh, a friend of mine, like uh, memorably calls calls them zombie bands because that's <laughs> what they are. Uh, because there will be like nothing new accomplished that will have any life to it. You can't. Uh, aside from some kind of like uh, ventriloquism, you know yeah uh, because you know you you're not the same the person you were at twenty that you're at sixty you know yeah but uh, the the money the money side of it I mean like you see every legacy uh, performer cashing out now, you know like Bob Dylan sells his d- discography because yeah. this is the last chance they 'll have to make any money off of it because the technology has become so sophisticated that you have machines that can reproduce a Bob Dylan song and credibly claim in court that it's not a Bob Dylan song. You yeah. know, that's why all these people are cashing out now. And that's, yeah. that's the people at the top. Like, so where do you get your, you know, in the case of your book, the alphanumeric murders, you know, the fictional yeah. version, like, of course they're going to do a reunion because... How many people are gonna see the lead singer doing his weird experimental choral music, yeah. you know, like yeah. not that many, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's although it, it it's still it's a faci- weird
0: it's a very weird quandary, <laughs> yeah for sure
1: though it, though it weird it is I will say um it it weirded me, out, and this is something that happened after you know after the book had been you know finished and everything, but like when I was looking at the the short list for. Actually, to jump back, there's yeah. to to go back into the, the the book for a second. One of <laughs> one of the things that I had, you know, the, the idea of of, D, of the character of Dean going from you know fronting a hardcore band to sort of having this like long second life as a as a as a you know more you know right, as as a composer. Um, part of it was inspired the, the by seeing uh the the Jansi and alex uh the, the singer of cigarro yeah. and his partners uh sort of album of like ambient music mm. watching a watching a concert of that in in new york uh, was one of the inspirations for the the first part of the book and also you know kind of had me thinking the the wordless music series which which i think is primarily new york and la um uh, you know which sort of has these interesting places where You know, you have the sort of overlap of uh, of sort of raw of sort of underground rock and and classical. And I mean, there have been you know Brian Eno and Harold Budd and the Rachels have all kind of existed in that space for for a while. But I think there has been that you know that that increased version of it. But it's funny because when I was writing this, I the idea of and I think I was also a little inspired by the. the guy from uh, Give Up the Ghost slash American Nightmare who's got, who, who had gone on to do Cold Cave which was kind of completely different and mm. you know sort of
0: But for, but, yeah, for more mainstream uh, listeners you can take you know David Byrne and the Talking Heads. Yeah. And David Byrne has done all this other kinds of world music and theater music and yeah. uh, performance and he won't you know he famously won't do reunions even though they keep begging him yeah. Do talking Heads readings, and I for one hope to God he never gives in. Uh, I hope yeah. Because you know, I love the Talking Heads. I don't care about what David Byrne does now. I don't care about his music, personally, but I love the Talking Heads, and I hope they never get back together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it, the uh, the the funny thing though, the 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 one thing that I found super super interesting was like, there was there was a point where I think. I hadn't realized that like I think in some of the Oscar categories there's kind of the the the, sh- the long list that sort of precedes the the full nominees it was kind of uh, like all right yeah. but I was I was the that uh Robert Lowe from you know who who I initially had encountered through through 90 Day Men you yeah, know, went on to do went on to do the music for for Candyman. for the the new Candyman, which yeah. was like so I good. think <laughs> did not get an Oscar nomination, but like was really yeah. And I was like, this is really fucking good. And you know, I was like, was, I was
0: really. So I I knew Rob when he lived here, and yeah, he uh, he was at one point apparently in the running to do this the score for the Blade Runner sequel, like oh it, man, apparently it was, it was close, but he got vetoed because by the studio because he was just too weak like. He was an unknown quantity, but so I, th- yeah. but I think Candyman gets him into that world and he deserves to do it because he's a unique, unique talent.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I was pleasantly, I was like pleasantly surprised, but I was also like, okay, clearly this thing that I thought was kind of a weird thing is actually not that weird because like, this is, this is not terribly different from, from the thing that I'm, Yeah. And it's like, I, 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 I ordered that soundtrack on Bandcamp, and I was like, I, yeah. it is, and it's really, really good. It um, is.
0: It is really good, and it's a good movie, too. Uh, yeah. I like that movie. Uh, yeah. I, I have this, yeah, I have this horror movie podcast I do with the uh, writer Mallory Smart, and we covered both the Candyman movies. That was one of the fun things. Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, I mean, I think... I. You know, I'm probably in the minority on this, but I, I think the new one is better. I had, I had one, actually,
1: but... I will say, I've never seen the old one, but I did end up watching the the new one, um, because I wasn't sure. And then there were a couple of points where I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is giving me a little bit of like this is this is kind of stuff that I would probably respond to a little bit more if I'd seen the other." But like, yeah, it's good. it's just...
0: good to see the first one because it. it definitely picks up the thread uh, just years later. It's the next generation. Yeah. Because literally the main character of the new one is the child that's saved at the end of the first one. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I, yeah. never <laughs> going far afield, but um, <laughs> I mean, one of the great things I appreciate about your book is how you sort of make this kind of patchwork of structure Mm-hmm. So, some some parts are sort of pretty traditional, kind of third person narrative, but others, you know, uh, there's a whole middle section of this book that's a very extended oral history of uh, ex-members of the, yeah. the band, uh, pretty much testimony from everybody but Dean Polis, who's sort of like the the creative force and the lead singer of the band. Uh, how did you arrive at this uh, the the kind of structure, these different the Different parts of this book. How did you settle a, on that? A,
1: a lot of trial and error, and yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't, I don't know if this is true, um, <laughs> but I also feel like there, there might be some ideal form of this book where it's like the first section is the first section, mm-hmm. the last section is the last section, and literally everything else is just like a chapbook where you, you can just pick, you can just sort oh. of read them in any order and, oh, and cho- do like, that. Like
0: choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think you could make that work, because they don't, uh, necess- like, chat, uh, section to section, they don't hand off directly, not always, um, uh, Yeah, I mean, but yeah, the, it everything, was... everything's obviously thematically related, and minor characters in one section are major ones in other ones, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, and it, a lot of it was trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to balance this, what's the best way to kind of have certain things, uh, certain things pay off, Um And kind of, and kind of balancing the sort of, there there are sort of two sections of, two sections that are kind of more sort of, that are kind of, well, there are actually three sections that are kind of treated as, as sort of found documents. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, and just, just sort of figuring out what the best, what the best kind of balance is. And I have a bunch of, a bunch of notebooks where I have like lots and lots of, of notes, like where it, it kind of looks like one of the, like the sort of, like one of the sort of serial killer we're tracking down the serial killer board where it's like lots of little, little oh, with the, strings
0: with, with the strings and the yarn or whatever <laughs> yeah you have, you have maps yeah you have, a so, ma- you have a map of the mythical town of New Dutch I actually do that was oh, one of the made, one of the first things
1: okay. uh, that I that I did it's not like a full map but it was kind of trying to figure out like where some of the stuff was in relation to the to the Delaware River and and, and everything else so I was,
0: uh, yeah I was intrigued uh, in some of the the sections of the previous generation to the people in the band and stuff, so like their interests were in things like uh, board games and civic planning Mm -hmm. and how that, those kinds of, they're all sort of like kind of consuming passions for those people in a way, the same way that the band is for the people that are connected to that band, but like how do you relate those kinds of pursuits to like the, the music land or like music life? You know,
1: um, hmm, it's a good question. I you know I don't know if I if I see them as parallels so much as like in you know, in some ways a lot of the things are just things that that interest me. Um, yeah. You know i i have a I have a weekly. At this point, it's with during the pandemic, it became sort of an online thing, but like sort of a you know regular board game planning playing
0: okay. session
1: with friends online. So it's like. Some of it's just like, I mean, you know, the interest in that and like, Mm. but, but in terms of the, actually in terms of the board games, very specifically, like some of that came from when I, when I was a kid, you know, my parents have a lot of, have a lot of random board, you know, had a lot of, have and had a lot of random board games. And I was always fascinated because I think, like, I think I always associated, you know, board games with adulthood Uh, And so, and there were, and there were certain things like like Yahtzee that you know would, you know that that I have continued to play. But there was also like, there was a game called uh, called Melbourne that was sort of a European auto racing game, Mm. um, that my parents had that was always like looked that was one of those things that I always because I think at someone I was like I want to play that and my parents were like you will you are too young to understand the rules of that and I was like but I and and actually hilariously. Decades later, friends of mine were in a New York band that took their name from that same board game, and I was just like, "This is this is super weird." Oh really? Um, they, were in a band, they were in a band called Kufare, which 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 was a, a term from. I was like, "What is that from?" And then they were like, "Oh, it's from this game, Mealboard." And I was like, "Of course it is."
0: I just learned from some article, I think in Pitchfork, that the name Jack Jaguar came from like a D anD D name name generating. Oh my thing. god. <laughs> but that, that's how that guy came and like he just thought it was funny and he didn't know his thing would last so long <laughs> oh you know where it was it was on Bandcamp. Bandcamp yeah, Band daily uh there was a i saw that the of, article
1: was there yeah. but i haven't
0: haven't read it yet but yeah that's but one of me- like the little factoids there's like oh no like that's where like <laughs> you get stuck with a thing like 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 little bands that blow up and they're stuck yeah. with an embarrassing name that's a thing that happens a lot.
1: <laughs> not not unlike not unlike how uh, how Don, how Donald Glover's childish Gambino came out of like the make your own Wu Tang narrator, and then it's like yeah. where it's fun, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna do my, my fun hip hop project, and it's like, oh, now I'm now I'm you know a prominent musician, and yeah. it still has this like fairly wacky name. Uh, yeah, which but
0: you know, I think yeah. Well, I was asking about the the sort of the parents or the previous generation. Yeah. It's, uh, is it Virgil Carey's dad that makes, is the game inventor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and then uh, Virgil, who's the best friend of the uh, lead singer of the band, Mm -hmm. his relationship to the band in a way is the most nebulous. You don't really know what it is he is to the band. He wasn't ever part of the band. He's always kind of hanging around the periphery. And then later, you know, you find out that he does some stuff that's not so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's. I mean, the it's. It's interesting because I think uh, there there are parts of the of Virgil's life that are that are pretty autobiographical, including mm-hmm. the sort of having kind of a nebulous role, hanging out with bands. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. But it's also it's actually interesting because now that you mention this, now that you've now that now that you're mentioning this, <laughs> this is not something that I was doing consciously, or uh-huh. maybe. Or maybe I'm going to start claiming that I did this consciously. Oh, he um, should, yeah, is, totally. Is uh, is that like it's interesting because yeah, as you mentioned, like Carl is very into these like board games, and then you get to a point where Virgil is kind of attempting to manipulate yes. people in this very yeah he, in this very same he makes sense. His own and, like
0: modern day game, hello. Oh, you you there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Cut, you cut out for a sec. Uh, yeah, uh, he uh, launches a more contemporary. I think we mentioned it in. In, yeah. in, in one of the mythical, non-recorded, early <laughs> attempts at this about cat, like the emergence of catfishing. And yeah. Virgil, for people that haven't read it yet, it is a guy that works for a startup and then cashes out at the age of 28 and basically retires. So yeah. he's like a millionaire living in his hometown, not knowing what to do, and he starts getting restless and doing fucked up things on the internet. Don't, we don't need to give away what he does, but... Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. what <laughs> <But> he does. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a game playing kind of thing. Maybe that's why I was thinking about it. Uh, yeah. But also in the aspect of having an obsession or like a subculture that's very specific. Yeah. The way that uh, a punk, uh, like a local legend punk band is. Uh, like, yeah. Like nobody really knows about these alphanumeric numbers aside from yeah. a, a small subset of people. But for them... yeah. It's like Jesus, you know. But like. yeah,
1: it's been it's been super interesting to see. Like one of the things that's, that's sort of been on my mind lately has been like the. I mean, one one of the things that can get a little bit can get a little weird when I when I'm talking about music from a particular era. Yeah, um, is is this sort of the sense of, uh, of of an artist who? Well, actually, the sense of being so thoroughly immersed in a music scene that like there are artists where from in my mind they have this very high up this position very high in a sort of certain Mm -hmm. pantheon yes but in terms of to someone else they may not be you know anywhere near as big a deal and it's like it was it's interesting like I mean I think some of that has kind of come to the forefront with respect to uh, some of the work that, like the the Numero Group folks have been doing, yeah. as far as reissuing, like I I am really really happy to see that they're bringing that they're doing a bunch of stuff with uh, with Chisel's back catalog and and bringing so and, and well
0: they have karate, they're doing Karate now which is yeah. a great Boston band that not many people knew about probably yeah but uh,
1: but, it's, but it's like they're doing yeah. they're doing Karate and Chisel and I think they're doing some some Rex music and it's like all of these bands are bands that like when i when i heard them initially i was like holy shit!" and i still have that reaction to them but it's i'm really curious to like see like what is what what are these what are these artists going to mean to someone who does not necessarily have that you know who is not there to see them the first time around no and Um, i
0: i I learned this the very hard way when i was I, i pitched this book that i eventually put out through in in a partnership with tortoise books called music to my eyes and it's full of sketches of bands. And I'd pitched that book to many people in many places. And the, when I did get feedback, the feedback I got is, we've never heard of any of these people. Yeah. And it turned out, and I never set out to be a, like a sort of like an obscurantist of any kind. I yeah. didn't know that the music I liked and continue to like isn't like known by anybody. <laughs> yeah, But it, apparent, it, it, it was, uh, I, got, I got my... My face stuck well into it, you know? Like, yeah. To, to find out that that's absolutely true.
1: <laughs> I mean, I remember a couple of years, this was actually more, more than a couple of years ago, but uh, I probably should not say who the, the people, or who the, but fr- <laughs> friends of mine had gotten a, like, back, back during the brief window, where if you had a popular Tumblr, you could, someone would be like, hey, do you want to turn this into a book? We'll give you some Ooh. money. And and they and they 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 got a, a sort of Tumblr a tumbler book deal yeah and uh but they also the people who did it are you know are both people who know a lot about music and they had made some very you know fairly specific references and i remember talking to one of them about it where they said they had sort of had to tone down some of make some of the references less obscure because you know they were they were they were sort of like their, their editors were like yeah Nobody really. Yeah, nobody to cut. Nobody is really that familiar with this. Yeah. And it's if you're like, gonna
0: if you're gonna market it towards the civilians or the squares, you're gonna have to like do the PG or like the you're gonna have to hold their hand a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but I think
1: it also. I think it, to some extent that it also lost something. But at the same. But at yeah. the same time, I think I think also the people involved did not have like a huge amount of illusions over like they were just like, hey, this is a fun thing. Someone's gonna give us some money for this. Let's, yeah. I, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I get. I guess we're. Uh, enough time has passed that we can be nostalgic for blogs being turned into books, huh? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm, like, you're talking to somebody who that literally happened to, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, with the asterisk that I had a a fairly well-known famous friend who, who topped up what I did, you know, and that got (laughs) the attention of a university press and that's how I got my first book was published. Yeah. You know, like this is, but yeah, it came from a blog and a zine. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still like, I, man, the,
1: the, the other thing that still kind of bums me out is the every once in a while I keep thinking about bringing back some kind of blog mm. just because I like for for a random because it's yeah. like I kind of I I miss that era. Yeah. And I feel like,
0: you know, there and are, I've yeah, there are pockets I, that it still exists.
1: Yeah. yeah oh yeah no there there are still a few th- i mean it's like it's funny i mean i now have a i now you know have an annual subscription to feedly because i because google had google reader oh, the, which was great yeah. and then they were like yeah we're just we're not gonna we're not gonna do this anymore yeah. it's like and it's like but okay um yeah. and i and i'm still well i'm a little still a little bitter about that but i'm also just a little uh i wish there was a you know it still feels a little bit like there are some some parts of the of of the internet that have just become much less pleasant and more foreboding for reasons that like for for absolutely unnecessary reasons, yeah and I mean like
0: yeah, my favorite example that I know of and that I contribute to sometimes is neutral spaces, you know like neutral spaces to me like is. It's simple, and it's there because a guy in England, uh, who's super, like anti-capitalist, has, has a lot of very, uh, I don't know, uh, idealistic uh, ideas about art. Made this thing, and you know, it functions as a, a, a sort of CV for pe- like a bunch of writers, but also has a blog function where people just post stuff like with no links to anything and no expectation of money making. There's no yeah. ads. It, it's a really simple interface. And uh, I mean, that's like a site like that is a breath of fresh air to me. Like, yeah, in I'm, in in contrast to most of what else we have to put up with on screens these days. You know?
1: I am. I am looking. I'm now just looking. It's it's funny. I don't think I've ever I have not used it myself, but I think, I you know, I've seen enough things on Neutral Spaces <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm on there right now just like going through the list of of writers, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of folks. No, There's a lot of folks on here who, like, who are doing stuff that I really like.
0: Yeah, Sam Pink's, Scott McClanahan, yeah. you know, like, and uh, it's, you know, it's uh, maintained as a by this guy named Giacomo Pope from Britain, and he's a, he's a poet, and he does some other stuff. Uh, I've never met him in person, obviously, because he lives in England, but uh, he's a really, he's sort of like a solid citizen of the literary world. As you are, by the way, yeah. I should say. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's there's pockets of stuff like where I think it's possible uh, to just use all these uh, the opportunity and technology for I don't know I don't want to say good but not not for just for a way of making a buck or like becoming famous or whatever uh, whatever yeah. whatever delusions people have but I find some of the people like and this guy, Giacomo, uh, I think he goes by Jacques, I don't know. Uh, he, you know, he's in his 30s probably, early 30s I imagine. You know, he's a millennial. And I, I've made yeah. some contacts with the, with this generation and I guess people like make fun of them, but I, I, I like the way they are. I think they've got a good perspective on like not uh, expecting to be like superstars from these passions that they have, you know? <laughs> yeah uh yeah in a, in a way that some other previous generations have a, have delusions of grandeur you know yeah
1: what's it's super it's it's one of the things that I think is a little bit it's it is a little frustrating to me is the sort of the uh what is the word I'm looking for right now the the sort of the frustrating, the the dwindling of sort of the the, the 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 midlist, for for lack of a better yeah, for lack of a better word. But also, but also I think there's the, you know, and I feel like I've seen this happen with with a couple of with a couple of indie presses where there is just like this. I, I've seen a few cases where like a press will come out and do a bunch of really good things, and then you know one person is doing it, and then it's just very clear that they have just gotten completely burnt, that they have like burnt they've just burnt themselves out to to a degree where like it is not sustainable well, and it's yeah. and like which is which is a bummer to to see because it's like i want you know they're
0: well it's so I'm still fu- not sure if, yeah it's so fucking thankless and it's so much work and uh for so little financial reward i like it I'm I'm telling you this as somebody that's self-published three books now in a row. Yeah, uh, with you know, with my own very self-imposed restrictions, like no social media, and no no distribution. Like, like you know, I've I've fucked around with Amazon, but they're 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 such a horrible company. Like I have, I have stories for hours about how horrible Amazon is. You know. And, yeah. And Ingram, which is like the monopoly on books in, yeah. in America. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you spend your time like wandering around outside of the castle gates, you know, banging on the wall, like it it gets fucking old and you get tired and you know, like, and you give yeah. up because it's, you make a thing that you love and you, you put all your effort and passion into and it just, you know, it, it falls on deaf ears. Yeah, after a while, you just want to give up. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not surprising, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's something I was uh, I was the other day or yesterday, I was chatting with with uh, with with my friend and fellow writer uh, Leela Chuk, who is who is in town uh, before going down to, to Philly for AWP, and one of the things that we were talking about too, and I think this is one of the frustrating things that the, the that that the pandemic has has wrought is like. I've always kind of felt like you can there there is a there as a writer there are very there are there have been ways to kind of push back against, you know, you can kind of go a very DIY route and, and do, you know, and do things like that. But it's been, it's, it's gotten a lot harder during, during, as far as, as far as events and doing things like that. I mean, when yeah. I, when Duncan Barlow and I went on the road, one of the, th- I mean, we, we were both perfectly fine, you know, What year half was of the that? Events in, we did...
0: What year did you go on the road with Duncan? Uh, 20, 2017. And that was for, for both your books. So, my you did both books on that or just I did both books.
1: Like I was usually usually you know kind of had like figured out like 5 minutes of each that I could read. Um mm. and Duncan and Duncan was was on tour for for his first the first novel he did on Stalking Horse. And uh I mean, and it was fun. And like, you know, we both had we both had our little like square readers and you could just, yeah. you know, sure. go, and we both had a you know, a big a big box of books that that got sort of steadily smaller over you know over the mm. course of the, over the course of the the trip and like you know that that was that was fine and like you know I had been hoping to do something similar for you know for political sign which which really was not in the cards and I'm and I'm still not sure you know as of as of talking right now you know I still have no idea of what to expect for. Uh, you know, for, for when X members comes out. I've sort of joked about doing parking lot readings and yeah. I'm not... Uh, but I'm like, I, I can do a parking lot reading. Yeah, like, I,
0: you know, we'll see. I'm really hoping that readings come back uh, because, yeah, one of the things that's happened since the lockdown, like before the lockdown, I was always very ambivalent about uh, live readings personally because I didn't think I was a good reader and I, I value performance a lot, you know, and... I don't like the idea of an amateur getting up there and being on stage when he shouldn't be, meaning me. I mean, uh, but during the lockdown, I spent so much time recording my own voice, you know, like reading like excerpts from works in progress and stuff. I, I finally arrived at like a cadence or a tempo that I feel is like, okay. And I'd like to try it out in front of people. But aside from, I've had one, you know, I put out a book last year and I had exactly one event, which happened, uh, let's see, in December, in San Francisco. You know, like that was like the one live event that I could do. You know, and the book came out in April.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Uh yeah.
0: that's that's the reality these days. Uh, hopefully, yeah, it, it changes. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah, and like I go back and like I feel like there have been a few people who have said, you know, who have said, who have talked about like having accessibility issues with spaces where they've been like, honestly, it's great to be able to just like log in and watch and watch writer. And like, and I agree. And I'm like, and I'm like hearing that argument. I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. And like, I hope, you know, as much as I like in-person events, I hope that it is, I hope that like we can get to a point where we get to like the, the best of both but I'm also not sure how likely that's going to be. But well, it's, we'll yeah,
0: see. I mean, the technology definitely allows for, you know, you, you turn a Zoom th- window open as in a room, and then yeah. you, you can pipe in whatever uh, questions yeah. or just from a dial- from a text box or something. Uh, no, the technology is definitely there, but uh, I, uh, I for one, like, definitely in terms of music, I think I tried to watch a lo- one live Zoom thing, and it was just horrendous. Uh, the disconnect between the word and the image. I mean, see the, the other reason I'm trying to do this podcast thing with no no video. I think the video is distracting. Uh, it makes like I yeah. Don't they all they all just look like hostage videos to me. Like some <laughs> somebody trapped in a fucking room and like some, some, somebody's gonna come with a like a sword or something and do something bad. I, that's how I I I felt this way since Skype, since before Zoom even happened. Yeah. Like, my parents uh are big travelers they go to like they like going to Italy a lot they go a lot of most summers and uh, they they're eternally frustrated with me because I refuse to do skype with them <laughs> <laughs>
1: what's th- there was something where like you know i I even think back to and this is this is a, this is a weird thing to bring up, but I remember like watching. I mean, I remember like when there was a point where you people who were like popular talk radio hosts mm-hmm. would have like, you know, all of a sudden there was like a televised version that was just like a camera on them at their. Oh yeah, the weird you know? YouTube
0: feed. Didn't didn't Howard Stern do that? Or, like,
1: I I remember Howard look? Stern did it, and I remember watching. I think there was, and like the how I, I was never like a huge pro or con Howard Stern person, but I feel like. With that, it's at least a little bit different. It's at least there are other people in the studio with him, so you can kind of do something where it's like, "What do you think?" And then, yeah. but I remember watching. There was like a clip of it was a clip of Rush Limbaugh like mm. going on some tirade, and I, I remember thinking like Yeah, if you're if you're if you're a Rush Limbaugh fan, uh, this is probably you're probably getting really worked up, but like this just looks like this is like it's like my this is just this, like, unflatteringly shot footage of, like, a dude pitch, like, just losing his shit into a microphone. And I'm like, this this is, like, the most unappealing thing. Like, yeah, I look, cannot imagine someone being like, do I want to just listen to this guy yeah. doing an impassioned rant? Or do I want to watch, like...
0: Well, look, there's there's a you reason know. there's a term, you know, that, that expression, uh, face for radio. You know, like, <laughs> there's, like, some of the... Some of the best broadcasters ever are not people you ever really want to look at. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they have a particular, yeah. you know, like Liam Neeson, they have a particular set of skills. You know, like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't know, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super into just, like, honoring that, like, when you have, you're good at this thing. Doesn't mean you're going to be good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> And you yeah. should accentuate. You know, don't don't set yourself up for failure. And like, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, the the video's incredibly creepy almost all the time. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah like this this looked it looked kind of like it looked like someone had set up a security camera, exactly. on, and it was yes. just
0: like it's just like yeah, like you're you're watching something that you shouldn't be. <laughs> wa- like, there's something about like you, you, I'm not supposed to be looking at this, am I? Like. <laughs> If there were people in charge that like had had your best interest, you know, at heart, they wouldn't let you watch this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like what you know, like having a camera in a bathroom, you know, or something. You know, like Oh god, like, yeah. Like like yeah. let the person take a shit in peace, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody needs to see that unless you have a very yeah. specific kink, you know, that needs to be satisfied <laughs> that way, you know, but uh you know. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a I, I, yeah. it's a it's a funny fucking world we live in these days. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. So yeah, I, I think yeah for for your own personal background with music, uh, you, you had uh, you had at one point run a label yourself or co-run a label, correct? Uh, when, when yeah, yeah. So um, so my friend, my friend you ne- Scott, you never you never played in bands, or did you?
1: I never played in bands. No, no. Uh, I. Uh, Yeah, I, um, which was, which was funny, like, I think, yeah, in, I mean, well, I think part of it is, I, I was never particularly good at anything, Mm. uh, somewhere, it's funny, like, years and years ago, I bought a bass, and I was like, maybe I'll learn to play bass, and I never learned how to play it, and I eventually, a friend of mine, a friend of mine's a high school teacher, and he, like, also runs a music program at the high school, and periodically he'll send out calls of like does anybody you know have instruments they're not yeah. using because he's right he's, he's himself a musician and has a lot of and at some point i was just like you want a bass and yeah. he was just like you know, "I was like this is doing this is doing me no good sitting here unused and like if like some if some high school kid is just like oh man i had a really shitty day now i'm gonna play bass and like i feel good i'm like this that this thing will actually be doing good and he and so i you know dropped it off at his place he's like oh this is actually super helpful because like the bass that we had broke so like you know we we can our like little like class band can can keep doing its yeah. thing so it's like all right cool um <laughs> but yeah and i and i was never particularly you know uh i did actually well I'll, I'll get to this in a second but yeah no i was never in a band although i do have uh unused power violence backing vocals uh right. that are on youtube um <laughs> Which which is a whole which is a whole uh, which is a whole other story, um, <coughs> but uh, I, I did a zine for for many years and I've sort of slowly been posting some of some of the interviews from that online, uh, and basically when I was doing the zine, my friend Scott had started a label at about the same time, and we and then I had started to think about releasing records and we kind of both realized that it would make we were kind of like you know. And it's somebody was like, "Why don't? Would you just want to come on board this label? Because I think his his theory, which which I think was accurate, was like we we see we have pretty similar tastes in music, and it was like why not have two people contributing resources to one label rather than sure yeah. you know um, so so I kind of I kind of came in pretty early on. Uh, basically, the the label had done one thing, and then like. I was around for what was the second formal release, although that was also with uh, after a number of, of releases that the label had done uh, kind of, I don't want to say fell through, but like we're kind of in, in limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did, we did that for a couple of years and then eventually that kind of fell by the wayside. Um, in part, I think because we could never quite make the leap to, we'd always, we really wanted to get some kind of like formal distribution in place and we never that was like the one hurdle we could never clear and the process of that of like you know trying trying to get stuff distributed was was just like yeah just an increasingly well i think yeah source of
0: increasing frustration for both of us very similarly to what we were talking about with indie presses uh yeah, uh, you you come to a point, uh, you you come to a point like the ceiling where you need to either be swallowed by a larger entity, or somehow uh, find like carve out a niche uh, within this uh, within this uh, environment where basically every book in every like quote unquote indie bookstore comes from one warehouse, which yeah. is called Ingram. Like if you do. Yeah you know, like the text box search on any indie bookstore, almost everyone, what you're searching is the Ingram catalog. Uh, yeah. And I've got like, as a publisher of my own books, uh, I've gotten into fairly testy exchanges with bookstore star- owners who will not take a chance on somebody that's not part of that. Yeah. Uh, and all, where all it would take is five minutes to hire one of their clerks to make a, like a, a page on their site, they won't do that because there's, yeah. because there's this uh structure set up and they just want to push a button uh you know? yeah uh, and yeah, that's I'm, that's what you run up against with doing your own thing <laughs> yeah i'm i'm somewhat
1: curious i know astrophil goes through through small press distribution and i'm yeah i'm curious how that's gonna gonna you know gonna gonna shake out because yeah i think with, I mean, Rarebird was, was PGW and mm-hmm. Transitory, uh, CC. You know, the Transitory was through was through uh, was I think ultimately through through Ingram. So I'm mm-hmm. curious curious about how that all how that all shakes out. Uh,
0: yeah, I had an interesting conversation about this kind of stuff with uh, the writer Sam Pink uh, because what he's he's been recently reissuing all his out of print books that were out on yeah. small presses himself. Yeah, and what he's doing is just doing going directly from you know like uh, from print from printers, a little bit like what I do, except he's just doing it more like the. Uh, I think I forget if he's doing Amazon or Ingram Spark. You know, he he's just yeah. doing, he's doing POD, but he hired a designer to put the books together to make a nice nice yeah. new covers and layout for them. Uh, and it's interesting to watch kind of like the experiment of what he's doing because. He, to, like, he told me he just got tired of waiting on indie presses because uh, he's he's making most of his living like selling art and books on the internet. Yeah. And uh, this makes it at least on a very, very small scale, scale if you're committed to it the way he is. It, it can be a thing that works. Uh, yeah. But on a very, very small scale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have not... I've not seen them up close, but it looks like whenever I've seen, I've seen some of the 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 images for the 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 new editions, and they They're look pretty they look good. Really
0: good. They're pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I bought a couple of them. Uh, yeah.
1: Is he still? He was in Florida, right? Or is he still there? No, or is he back in Chicago?
0: No, no, he's in Michigan. He's in a. Small oh, okay. T- so. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know we need to go into the circumstances <laughs> of, of yeah, like. I don't want to give the guy that's uh, the impetus for this any more free publicity. But <laughs> there's, so the, yeah, yeah. There was this writer that got a book deal that he didn't deserve, and uh, uh, and Sam Sam wrote. So speaking of neutral spaces,
1: right? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I remember seeing worse. the thing on the thing on that <laughs> and the yeah the whole any the whole thing th- that.
0: People can connect the dots. I, I'm not. I'm not saying the guy's name, and I'm not giving him any fucking free publicity. Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I'd heard of Sam Pink for a long time. Uh, I'd only read bits and pieces here or there, but because of this essay he wrote about his experiences with, yeah, with this uh, like new star of the literary world. Um, uh, it inspired me to actually read a couple of Sam Pink books, and I discovered that I really liked them. And then I dropped him a line and went and rented a car and drove to his this little town that he lives in, and we had a really memorable uh, day together. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, now nice. I, you know, I, I think I can count him as a friend. I think he I, I think he'd say I, we were friends. That's awesome. Uh, but he's a you know he's sort of like a, an iconoclastic and a unique individual in the literary landscape <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i'm trying to think i think the last time i saw him was when he was doing something for like one of the books that soft skull had done mm. he did an event at the yeah. at the mcdally jackson in, in in williamsburg and i went went to that although the upst the the space where the event was happening was so was so full i was kind of lurking downstairs in the crime fiction section because you mm. could hear the audio really well from there oh yeah so it's just like okay i'm gonna gonna hang out here this is like the time that I saw sick of it all play a basement show in New Brunswick and the basement was super crowded but if you stood above the toilet the plumbing yeah. was like bringing the sound out really well so I was just standing in the bathroom listening to sick of it to yeah I to think sick of it all play
0: yeah I think you know we, we can all get discouraged about the state of things with publishing and with music and all but there are these cases where somebody insists on doing things their own way and they have the right instincts and they stick it out and like, like, like a Sam Pink, you know? Yeah. And it, and it works. And, yeah, he's, you know, he's not, he's not trying to be Stephen King or, like, Jonathan Franzen or anything, you know? And he's never yeah. going to be. But, I mean, he's, to a certain set, just as, you know, your fictional band, the alphanumeric murderers, you know, he's a legend. You know, Sam yeah. Pink is, like... He's a touchpoint and like an inspiration to many, many younger writers. You know, I know that for for a fact. Yeah. You know, like, and he's still he's still at it. You know. Yeah. And he's he's never gonna stop because that's that's his whole life. And, I mean, you know, the, needless to say, those are the people that I love. You know, like yeah, like the the real fucking certified weirdos that can't help it. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's always weird to me when like, it's, it's not weird, but it's, it's interesting to me when like, you know, you will see some, some people who get discouraged and kind of drop out of, of, of doing stuff and who has been more in it for, for sort of, who's in it more for the long haul Mm -hmm. is, is always something that I find a little, I find a little fascinating.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. And, uh, there's kind of yeah, there's no gaming it out, there's no rhyme or reason uh, and there's yeah. you know there's things that happen in people's lives that have nothing to do with their passions, you know they have yeah. deaths in the family, sickness, whatever like some somebody totally. gets run, run over by a car and then it's over, you know you never yeah. know uh, things can can go sideways at any time, but um uh, yeah it's yeah, I don't know that it's it's a just or fair world <laughs> a lot of times. But you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and absolutely. the the people that thrive or succeed, a lot of them shouldn't, you know. Yeah. But but screaming like as like the guy I won't whose name I won't say, like yelling about him, you know, there's a very limited utility to that. <laughs> I understand yeah. I, I recognize that even as upsetting as it can be. Uh, when when somebody gets something they don't deserve you know and uh yeah lied their way to get it you know like yeah um, but you know that's well you know i mean we had a president who <laughs> God, yeah a world champion liar so i guess you know if nothing else it proves that anything is possible in america like anybody can do anything <laughs> so God, maybe yeah. you can in the bizarre sideways like Reverse Awake be inspired by that. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we 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 love our liars here. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that we do. Which is which is just yeah. It's it's Rhea. I mean it's yeah. So, so I, I yeah I was this, gonna say I, <laughs> I, was like, I could go I could go way nah, down a path with that but.
0: Another, also, like a guy I won't mention for similar reasons as the writer, because I think mentioning the guy's name is just free publicity. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what, uh, like, uh, like as, as, as your book went on, like, what was your relationship like with Dean Polis, the sort of like the, the, the artiste genius at the center of, of your book?
1: It, you know, <laughs> did it, it evolve? It, it evolved, yeah. yeah. Um, Initially I think I, I think I warmed to him a little bit. Um initially the the end the ending that he has in the book was a little different. Uh there there are earlier drafts where 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 it ends somewhat differently and it's a little bit it's a little bit harsher on him and fun fundamentally you, 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 though, you didn't
0: you didn't kill him off, did you? No, no, okay. I didn't no. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> The, uh, but
1: like there, you know, there, there was, I think just like, I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think if you had told the, the me of a few, a few, a few years ago of like, Hey, this is where, this is where this is going to happen. I, you know, there would have been like a, really? Okay. okay. Hmm. Um, but I don't know the, the, uh, I I think just even even with him being kind of a a somewhat nebulous character and sort of a Mm -hmm. I I ultimately the process of sort of the process of kind of having to come up with a history for him and and sort of track where he was doing all these different things. I ultimately I ultimately warmed to him a little bit and to sort of his his creative struggles and everything else. Um, Yeah. Uh, so he's the, and, yeah,
0: he's a pretty great evocation of that thing that so many fans have, like this love-hate thing for the singer or the main guy. Like, you love him and hate him because he's really self-absorbed and he doesn't see past his own nose, but he's the reason that you're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So he's kind of impossible, but you can't also can't look away. And yeah, you you give a, it's a really surpri- Sort of, I was surprised. It's a I didn't know how the book was going to end. I had some some theories of where, how you were going to wind it up, but you gave him a very graceful exit, uh, like uh, yeah. You you you, you let him, not not that you let him off the hook, but you let him, if not redeem himself, but like find a way out. Uh, yeah. That yeah. Uh, I, I I was very happy with, uh, Thank you. and and sort of yeah you joined the two like main, sort of like images of of the book, which is this unfinished tower and this like this, like kind of conflicted lead singer guy, and they're, yeah. they're kind of the same thing and they meet you know like and they yeah. become they become one in the end you know yeah, and and then there's the also kind of like the kind of bittersweet touch that like this completed tower that. All these people for decades had all these dreams and were completed at by some corporation probably that we don't know about. And the the dream that has been realized is not the dream of the of any of the characters. It's somebody else's dream. You know, if it's a dream at all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, you you got levels in there. Levels and levels. Thank you. Yeah. I try.
1: I try. It was, I mean, the process of writing this book was a really, was a really weird one. And I don't know that I could ever write something in, in this way again. Like the stuff that I've, yeah. there's a, there's a short novel that I wrote after this that was very much like uh, the sort of, <laughs> it was very much like, feels like, like the sort of garage rock approach of just yeah. like getting something down quickly at, at least quickly by my own standards and like, mm-hmm. you know, being, being a little bit less, being a little bit more just like, yeah. you know, doing that. And then the, the novel that I'm working on now is a sim- is similarly like staying very focused on a per.
0: Yeah.
1: Characters within a particular sort of, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Right. I, so. I, I really enjoy the, the very, the different sections of this book but yeah as i asked earlier like uh, yeah or intimated uh i can't imagine that you you could have planned it all out this way like it was it was written section to section right yeah it had to yeah. be yeah, there's a, and then you joined it later and kind of played around with what what order yeah. which section went yeah yeah
1: um i mean again i think again like the the i knew the first section was going to be first I knew there was going to be some kind of an ending, uh, sort of concluding section, and everything else was like, you know, and you know, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a lot of a lot of writing and a lot of revising, the individual sections, and then putting them together and sort of figuring out, you know, where all of those came and figuring out what else I needed to put in or or didn't need to put in. Um yeah. and kind of going from there.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, like I've only the last few years have edged into sort of fiction. And figuring out that kind of structural stuff, uh, and that f- rings really true to me. To figure out the beginning and ending, and then you shuffle, you have a bunch of stuff in the middle, and you can play around with that and organize yeah. it in different ways. That that that's very much like the way I've been working on stuff. Uh, yeah. So so th- that rings very true to me uh, because I mean basically, like I never understood how how novelists work, but because or these story arcs or any of that kind of, kind of stuff because there's only one end and one beginning to, you know, that we know. It's the same for all of us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, it's the middle part that, that is, that's where the, that's the meat, that's the interesting thing, you know, like, yeah, yeah. the beginning yeah. and end is, yeah. It's, it's sort of nominal and I don't know. It's because, it, yeah. you know, because it's, it's a book rather than like an, endro, endro, it's not a doom scroll like that you can look at yeah. like for 5,000 years. You have to, <laughs> you, you have to cut it off somewhere. <laughs> and <laughs> as, as, as we probably should cut off this conversation at some point, <laughs> 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 which, which, uh, you know, God willing. And, uh, you know, the gremlins and technology is actually recorded. And I think I've been downloading sections of it as we've gone. So hello oh yeah oh okay you disappeared are, are you second. there yeah oh no <laughs> no no but i felt I, like the, i was like did you just did you just invoke did you just anger yeah, I know, the gremlins they like i know oh they're on to us gotta know, do something I, no i've been i actually i read the tutorials and i've been like dutifully downloading sections like every 10 or 15 minutes you know so oh, nice even if like some sections are like god forbid <laughs> a few will be gone uh <laughs> There's going to be plenty left, uh, so at some point, yeah, some version of this will be posted to the internet. Once, Excellent. once, Dun- I I emailed Duncan and asked him when when he's putting a presale link up. So we'll we'll coordinate this, oh, awesome. the the whole marketing push and get get you up on that, the New York Times bestseller list in no time. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks again for a- yeah, especially because of a, like this podcast that nobody listens to. <laughs>
1: Thank, thanks again for doing the for doing the interview. Of
0: course, yeah, no, it's a it's my pleasure and thanks for sticking with me again and through the the, the tech problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sweet. I've I've been there myself, so so yeah. Yeah. Hope hope to talk again soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.